I I have to tell you some stories from my RCQ. Mm-hmm. Because they've got some doozies. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. So first of all, the deck I played was Lotus Field with... Uh, I, I played Will Kruger's list, which was no Mastermind's Acquisition or Approach. Mm-hmm. Only Peer through the Peer of the Abyss? Peer to the Abyss? Peer, we're Peer in something Abyssal. Right, where you cast it like four or five times to kill them with Omniscience, yeah. Yes, that that's how you do it. So in round one, I sit down and I think my opponent's joking with me because he goes, I'm surprised I didn't get the round one by because I'm just like the highest rated player here. I'm just the best player here. And I treat this as a joke. I'm like, ah, it's not very funny, but I'm like, oh, haha. And this person is like my age. Which even if that's how it worked and even if, okay, so even if like Watsy still kept track of ratings, even if there was something that determined who gets the buy, it would be the worst player there would probably get the buy. Because yes. you get the buy if you have the worst record in the tournament. None of these things make sense. Maybe he was going with like sports where, you know, higher seed has buys. That's a different type of buy. Yeah. So I initially treated this as like a, a joke that wasn't very funny. It's just like, ha, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. Anyway, let's roll some dice. That, that sort of thing. He brings us up twice more throughout the match, unprompted. And it becomes very clear that this person is, this is the mirror. Like this is the Lotus Field mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear this person is not the most skilled player in the room. <laughs> uh, obviously, I lose this match. <laughs> and my opponent drops at one and three. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. I played another mirror match, which I lost, of course. I'm very unskilled in the mirror. <laughs> Where my opponent does the most disrespectful thing when I combo kill him in game one, which is I I resolve original tomato, I grab my three cards, and my opponent's like, all right, I'm going to get out my phone and play on Facebook while you do whatever. Uh, But you're playing the same deck. And I'm like, uh, whatever, just, you know, keep your screen face up because it's all supposed to be public. Yeah. And he just sits there and does Facebook while I do, like, literally whatever. I mean, I played it straight because that's the only way I could, that's the only way I'm going to do anything. But yeah, of course. Then I lost to him. <laughs> <laughs> this character, not a very good sport. Later in the tournament, I was sitting next to him, maybe it took two rounds later. And they tried to, like, cheat with their opponent's Stonebrain. So his opponent Stonebrains him and names Lotus Field because the opponent. Does not have one in play. Uh, the Lotus Field player grabs his deck, searches through it, reveals his hand as well, then grabs four hidden, not hidden strings, four Lotus Fields, face up, exiles them, okay. shows them to his opponent, then just starts shuffling his deck. Nope. And says, all right, what's next? And nope. opponent, opponent meekly, because I think he's not like used to the situation or isn't yeah. comfortable asserting control or something, says like, uh, I... I should get to look at the cards. And Lotus Field player goes, uh, I think if I just pull out four cards that you named, that should be good enough. And the guy just lets it go. Yeah, 
I mean, when you're like getting bullied, sometimes, you know, especially if you're not sure. And I should have called a judge just yeah. from that interaction alone. And I regret doing that, honestly, but <laughs> I didn't because I was in the middle of my own combo turn. And when I looked over at the guy's hand that was revealed, he was not winning that game at all. <laughs> like that was game three and they were done. That It was sure. over. <laughs> sure. But I, I should have brought it up to the judge because that thing is, that's super scummy. Yeah. I mean, that guy's going to try that again at some point. So, and Kenny accidentally won that RCQ. <laughs> it was so good. After scooping a finals and driving to Roanoke with Alan and scooping to him in round one, that would allow Alan to go on and win that RCQ. Kenny has finally begrudgingly qualified, so he's coming to Dallas with us. The hilarious part was we didn't realize it was a two-slot RCQ. Mm -hmm. So he, he still thought he, like, you know, had another round. Like, he could win and then lose in yeah. the finals or scoop in the uh -huh. finals. But Kenny played against Angels in the semifinals, which is a horrendous, horrendous matchup for Mono White. Mm -hmm. They just gain infinite life and have... But... Kenny drew way too many Thalias with Tenets for that to matter. <laughs> no, that and that's a thing. Like, the human deck just plays better cards than the Angels deck, so sometimes you just, like, card quality them out of the game. Yeah, Thalias with Tenet, Brutal Cathar, Flip Brutal Cathar. I don't think that matchup is as horrible as it, like, looks on paper, just because if you can keep their... Like, if you can keep hitting them, then they don't get their like angel but the, their plus two plus two to their team and if they don't get that then your guys are generally just bigger than their angels so i mean the, the problem really is if they resolve collective company or restoration you just die yeah you can't come back from it <laughs> so what kenny did is he boarded in all of his redains because you just can't yeah. allow them to resolve that card yeah, oh and i think that's really smart like i've seen people be shocked when their like collected company or their Kaya's restoration gets like negated post board. And they're like, why do you have that? Like I'm a creature deck. And they're like, well, the only way you beat me is by casting collected company on my end steps. So I'm going to keep my negates in for it. Yeah. I have like, two creatures at one time untap, do another creature. That's too much. So, you know, negate. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. RCQ. That's fun. Everyone, welcome to episode 285 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina. We are your hosts. I'm Chris Castro-Rapple. With me is Lee McLeod. Hi, Lee. Hi, Chris. Lee, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff today, much of which we're not actually like particularly engaged in, but speculative to... discussion. Ooh. Yes. The Arena Championship 2 happened this weekend. I don't think either of us watched it. Uh, we're going to talk <laughs> about Standard a bit. I mean, I have been playing some Standard, but, you know, have not been playing the regional championships in Standard that are kind of the root of what's going on in the format. And then we're going to talk about Explorer because Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered just came out, which contributed some cards to Explorer. And also Explorer is the like arena qualifying format this month and so yeah. there's metagame challenges and lcqs and the qualifier weekends are it so i'm going to be learning about it and so we're just going to take a initial look at it now before i dive into it i guess before we get to the explorer topic are you are you pro explorer right now or are you explorer hater 
I'm not an Explorer hater. I am pro Explorer in so far as one day it will be Pioneer. I am okay. a, a little bummed that it is still not Pioneer because I would love to just play Pioneer on Arena. So I'm just like holding out hope that we will get there. I'm glad that we're getting some new cards, some relatively or potentially relevant new cards, but still missing some really, really key ingredients to make the format into Pioneer. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that later instead of me making a joke and having to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> uh, Arena Championship 2, it happened. It was uh, like a, a draft format that I haven't enjoyed and don't want to watch. And then Historic, a format that I'm not engaged with and didn't really want to watch that much. So I barely watched, to be honest, any of this Arena Championship. I didn't watch a bit. I was actually playing Magic this weekend, so I didn't walk, tune in, right? The most I know about this Arena Championship, other than that, it happened, which is shaky at best. I don't. I can't confirm that. We only know what we've heard. Yeah. Alan uh, messaged me during my RCQ, uh, which I didn't see until like much later because i don't check my phone ever when i'm playing magic (laughs) just it just doesn't exist anymore oh same i just accumulate notifications over the course of a tournament yeah i'll like glance to see if it's important and if it's not it gets ignored i mean if it's on discord it automatically gets ignored until much later in the day so alan messaged me and was like hey kethis is on stream and i'm like there's a tournament happening this weekend so i asked him what format even though i was clearly not going to be tuning into a stream at that point there's, there's actually only one format that people could possibly be casting Kevis well i was in. kind of excited that there was a modern deck of Kethis in it to be honest mm-hmm. which That's you know plaza heroes mox amber Kethis, yeah but have you was... played modern recently do you know what cards people are casting in modern yeah that's why i was super excited some bad yeah. man was like winning with Kethis. it was historic yeah and then i got disappointed again I don't have a huge problem with Historic conceptually. I don't love the alchemy cards, of course. I think that the sting of the alchemy cards is massively increased by the lack of support generally for alchemy. So it only pops up like once a year. You see Historic happening, or by the by the lack of support for Historic. A Historic tournament only happens like once a year. You see it happening, it pops up on stream, you look at it and you're like, what are all of these cards? I've literally never seen them before. Here's a three drop that makes a treasure every turn and fixes your hand. Like, what is this card? It, it creates this reaction of like, well, I don't care about this because I don't know any of this stuff. If we played more historic because they gave us reasons to play more historic, I think that feeling would be like much, much reduced. I still wouldn't love the alchemy cards and the way that they're monetized and jammed into the format and you're forced to spend wild cards to make them. But that like visceral, like what are these even magic cards? Like that goes away if you've played with them a bunch. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with the alchemy cards at all, really. It's just not supported, right? I think Historic is a yeah. very, very good format for Mag- to be on Magic Arena because no one ever plays it unless they want to and you can like brew whatever you want and it's like kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And that's a good format to have on Magic Arena because there just aren't any other ones like that. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird one for brewing because a lot of the alchemy cards are just way stronger than the other yes. cards on the platform, even given like Mystical Archive and stuff. But like... 
I think that it played casually is neat. But if they want it to be a competitive format that people are interested in watching, then they have to have more than one tournament every like eight months or something. Yes. And it's probably even less frequent than that. Yeah. But that said, I would much rather them stick to standard Explorer as qualifying and limited as like qualifying formats because mm-hmm. those formats are supported elsewhere. And it's really hard to attract viewers. Like, how am I supposed to care about your historic tournament if I never play Magic Arena? I'm just not going to, right? But I can actually care about those other formats. I mean, I agree. But I do think from a like high-level conceptual viewpoint, it does make sense to have like the Arena Championship be in an Arena format. But you have to make a reason for people to have been engaged with that format for it to be a watchable experience. Do you think Historic is that format better than Alchemy, which was supposed to be that format? Alchemy appears to be bad to me so like it doesn't it doesn't spark my interest in any way it's just standard but slightly weirder and if i've spent a bunch of time engaging in standard as i have at least paying attention to rc results and playing so that i have a a baseline knowledge of the format going into like weird stand like standard with 10 additional good cards in it isn't like a tempting proposition to me it's like why don't i just play standard and use the knowledge that I already have and don't have to worry about some cards that like upset the bout. Like that's not super interesting to me. I'd rather play a format that I get to like play a bunch of older cards and brew things with collected company and whatever. in. yeah, this is, I agree with you hundred percent. This is why I think alchemy is kind of like the alchemy, the format, not the cards mm-hmm. is just kind of a doomed was, was a doomed experiment, a doomed format. It's just like dead on arrival. <laughs> yeah. Cause standard, but weirder, with some cards that are super overpowered and we have to ban grinning ignis is just like not a good draw <laughs> yeah that's uh, i'm not sold uh but that said should we then talk about the standard format that we are engaging in because it is the regional championship format yeah it's not as not as cool as last week now that everyone is you know on the esper train so according to the schedule on like on the magic whatever it is now the the pro tour website or whatever that i think mexico regionals was this past weekend but i cannot find results for it so maybe it wasn't it was supposed to be at one point we got we got we have the best from you know the pro tour in 2005 where you just can't find coverage of anything what everyone was asking for it's also like not clear what exactly i'm confused like am i not finding them are they named something else because these tournaments are not named regional championship like a lot of these tournaments are named for like the regional organizer puts on a series and they're called like the championship of that series or the finals of that series or whatever so it's not always clear what is happening even the like american ones are called dreamhack atlanta right like that doesn't right. say it's an rc no exactly that's not good like and and like we know that it's our regionals but players from other countries might not and that's not i just call please mtg goldfish at least label them <laughs> please like do like do wizards four, job a for them star like category where it's like this is yeah. rc please pay attention to it so i don't believe we have any regionals results from this weekend i couldn't find any so just kind of like looking at the challenges for updates and this is the week after the big esperification of you know people's 
zeitgeist, I guess. Uh, yeah, Esper has attacked and has attack triggered its way into the zeitgeist at this point. Yes. So the Saturday challenge is basic. It's about thirty percent Grixis mid range, thirty percent Esper legends in the like winning brackets. As like some of these decks are labeled Esper mid range, but they're literally just like scroll Thalia Denic. There are three wolves Rafine. inside of you. One is Esper Legends, one is Esper Midrange, and the other Esper is Aggro. But they're uh, all the same. They're all the same deck. This <laughs> Esper Aggro deck... Well, okay, this this Esper Aggro deck is Esper Legends, just built really weird. But, but ultimately, you're still doing yeah. the same core. <laughs> yes. Plaza of Heroes, Legends, Skrelv into stuff you want to protect, and uh, Strong deck, and particularly good against Rakdos, and that's kind of the reason that it exists. Pretty bad against Mono White, though, which is why we see the metagame kind of flip around by the time the Sunday challenge comes around. Grix is still doing just fine. Esper, however, has been kind of, you know, dumpstered relative to Saturday, at least. Only a couple copies appearing in the top 32, and Mono White sticking eight copies into the top 32 of the Sunday challenge. Your removal costs less than their creatures, and then they're not really able to get traction. Yeah, I also see a couple lists with like a little more top end, like mm -hmm. Owl of the Dawn Sky, the, which is the Kamigawa dragon. Something I haven't seen, usually it's just like a bunch of Steel Seraphs, and you just hard cast them. Yeah, uh, that is... I mean, I don't know how convinced I am by Steel Seraph. It's like... <laughs> it's ubiquitous. That's I think it's mostly a life gain spell against Mono Red is kind of like what it's doing. I've played some of it in Standard. It's a fine card. It's nothing to write home about, but it exists. It's there. Yeah. With that said about the appearance rate of Esper on Sunday, it still did put two copies three copies into the top eight and won the sunday challenge so the one the players that managed to like get past the mono white decks and then just like play against the grixis decks in the winning bracket like we're able to kind of keep going there so esper still very fine even when people adjust to it it appears oh can we update the people about our findings of the canadian mono blue surge oh absolutely yeah so last week we were talking about how just Mono Blue was everywhere in the Canadian National uh, Regional Championship for a reason we could not discern. Uh, and we pulled some Canadians and came up with two different answers. The first is that I believe Nam 5 0 mm -hmm. with a, a Mono Blue deck. And then just there was a proliferation of people copying his deck because Nam said it was great. And Nam played Grixis and <laughs> crushed everyone he played. <laughs> Top 16 that tournament. <laughs> Did not play the 40% deck. Uh, and then the other reason, which I think, you know, it is a, it's definitely a combination of factors that leads to mono blue being the number two played deck in your competitive tournament. Uh, the other reason, which I totally believe is that it's just a $40 deck and there were a bunch of people who qualified for the regionals and didn't really want to buy a standard deck and did this instead. Yeah, a vast majority of people qualifying did this through Pioneer or Modern, right? So, or yeah. all Pioneer. Which is not different from other regions, and we didn't see this preponderance of Mono Blue, but I think that probably, like, the being given permission to play it by like other good players in the area added with like 
you know, enough people being like, I just don't want to spend money on a deck. Like you put those together and then it's easy to just be like, yeah, I mean, this seems fine. I'll spend $40 on this mono blue deck and play the tournament. Yeah. And I also know the face-to-face who is the organizer for Canada has their own circuit and they do not have a standard as part of that circuit. So there's more incentive for players not to invest in standard as opposed to other formats. It's true. I mean, not that we have standard tournaments at all in the U.S., but... I mean, they're out there, right? Somewhere? I I guess. The United States is fairly large. Yeah, I mean, there must exist some standard tournaments. I I mean, and no no real shade on standard. This format has been fine. Standard is... It's not like standard dying is a fault of the individual formats, per se, as much Mm -hmm. as like a confluence of factors where standard was bad for several years in a row and then there was pandemic and all this stuff like it's right not just like standard sucked for a year so everyone stopped playing it completely (laughs) and once we got out of the habit of buying standard cards from every set and spending the money on it it's really hard to pick that habit back up again and like all of my savings for standard went into buying ragavans like where am i supposed to find that cash (laughs) (laughs) makes sense and I, I did also hear whispers of just like general card availability issues in Canada. There just may not have been enough fables of the Mirror Breaker to go around. And I can see how that would end up. Although, you know, a lot of haughty gins had to be found for that tournament. But. <laughs> yeah, that, that's honestly surprising to me because Dominaria United is a set that at least here, like around here, is a, a set that's really hard to get cards from for whatever reason. And nobody opened and nobody drafted it, I guess. Yeah, I for whatever uh, i don't know why but every time i need a card for dominator united or someone around me needs a card from dominator united it is nowhere to be found <laughs> interesting yeah nothing too exciting to report about standard i will be very interested in seeing the next set of rc results uh as we go on we still have a couple of weeks before the before san diego regionals so still time for things to change around do you think anything will change i mean It seems like it's probably going to be more of a churn thing. I don't know that there's anything to be discovered from here. But you just want to position yourself right at that weekend. Yeah, I get that. Or alternatively, just like play with your comfortable with and hope that the tide favors you. As long as you're one of those three big ones, I guess. And I mean, I don't hate the strat of spend the next three weeks like religiously practicing with Grixis and particularly get good at the mirror and understand the ins and outs of the mono white matchup. And then like that may raise your percentage more than anything else, including like playing the correct deck, but it's one that you're not super familiar with. Like I I think getting confident in the Grixis mirror may just be the best way to up your winning percentage. Yeah. I also think, I, I've listened for standard chatter, just trying to figure out if people are talking about standard, because that's where decks like, you know, green, white poison would mm-hmm. would come first from like people just talking about decks they're finding in the wild or doing well with. Yeah. And I don't ever hear any standard chatter. It's very weird for like an mm-hmm. ongoing tournament series. And maybe I'm just not like in the right channels or whatever, but I never yeah. hear anyone talk about standard unless it's like specifically content catered for standard. Yeah, I mean, and it's still hard to find format breakdowns and stuff like that. You know, the secondary content that like just arises out of results like doesn't really appear anywhere. So it's harder to get these bits of metagame information. We were just talking about how we cannot find if Latin America regionals happened. 
much less correct the you know tournament information from it yeah so we're doing the best we can here i'm kind of like keeping an eye on the challenges see if just anything new pops up because i think this format has enough churn and enough kind of a settled metagame where if you can find a deck that kind of attacks from a different angle while still being fine against everything that could be promising and i don't know if that's going to exist and it's not going to come in the form of something like you know Orzhov, I've seen people play where it's just like kind That's of mono just mono white, white with Kaya's. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about that kind of thing. I'm like, you know, do something different. <laughs> Which like, you know, if mono blue hadn't existed before, like that would be like, or, yeah, oh, the green white toxic. Tech. Yeah, or green white toxic. Yeah, but yeah, not really seeing anything brand new pop up. All right, well, shall we dive into Explorer and Shadows over Innistrad remastered? Yes, let's dive into the brave world of Explorer. Soon to be Pioneer. It's like really close now. It's getting there. There's only a handful of key cards. We still don't have the Delve spells. Yeah, cards that are integral to the Pioneer format, which we yeah. banned Express Reiteration over, I'm assuming. I don't actually know. This is just my theory. I I mean, yeah, I think expressive iteration got banned in pioneer it was always indexed with the delve spells and then it got banned in explorer just because they're keeping the ban list the same but made blue extremely difficult to play i played a little bit of explorer today in mm -hmm. anticipation of this episode i ported rakdos mid-range over from pioneer i had to replace dreadbores so i just like put in children's edicts which is certainly worse but you know, whatever. It's legal. <laughs> it's legal. And then I just played against Yorion decks like three times in a row. And my cards were just much better than their cards because I was playing a, an actual Pioneer deck. So I thought seized them and cast Fable of the Mirror Breaker and won a bunch of 15 turn games. Yeah, that that happens now. Uh, I was We were kind of joking at the RCQ, uh, me and my red-black opponent, that his deck is basically a standard deck already. Like, yeah it's just very high powered versions of yes. the standard type <laughs> cards and you don't need that much from like these expansion sets to, to explore to like have the fully powered rockdose deck like here's just a, a little micro peek at how powerful the rakdos deck is one of my yorian opponents was a creativity deck and I didn't have any way to stop their creativity game too. So they just did it and they had boarded into Dream Trawler as their threat. Yeah, because again, uh, the worm is not legal. The worm is not legal. So it was really like a Jeskai control deck playing creativity as a way to like cheese games. That Dream Trawler hit me at least five times and I still won because I had just had a shieldred in play the whole time. <laughs> and then I just like eventually gained more life than they could deal damage and drained more life than they could gain with their dream trawler and just killed them with like shieldred and graveyard trespassers. Yeah, ideal. So the Rakdos deck is absolutely my starting place for Explorer <laughs> because it just comes in 100% available to you i mean the go-to is also greasefang right greasefang is also available almost yes. in full, especially with traverse and vessel nascency vessel that's our green one right yep yep uh those are both in shadows of Innerstrad. 
so now they are in the format. Yes. And so we're going to talk about some of the stuff that is coming in that's new. I don't know, like, what's the best way? Like, we can list all of the kind of relevant stuff. We can talk about the ones that seem more important first. I... I, I guess we start with kind of like the decks that basically do exist from Pioneer in the format, because I don't think there's a metagame. I think there's just like a like we don't play enough Explorer for there to be a Explorer metagame. It's very similar to Historic, except for now there's a season, so people do have to try. Yeah. So, yeah, Rakdos exists almost entirely there, except for uh, Dreadboar. So pretty much Rakdos is there. Greasefang is... I think now you can just play full Abzan Grease Fang, including the Team Handshake version that had Vessel of Nascency and Traverse the Ovenwald. I, I think that's accurate. I know Grease Fang was like a Explorer staple even before Shadow of his Revenge Shroud became out because most of the cards were just already legal. Yeah. Like you already had Can't Stay Away, all the vehicles, Grease Fang, Thoughtseize. Yeah. Like all those cards are already legal. Mono Green is almost there, but it is missing Oath of Nyssa, which. Like, it's the only deck in Pioneer that gets to just play Ponder, and this version doesn't get to play Ponder, and that does make it significantly weaker. Uh, yeah. Monogreen has also just kind of fallen off, though, in Pioneer, mm -hmm. at least. Yeah. I don't know if the lower card availability in Explorer has anything to do about that, because, I mean, mostly Explorer and Pioneer are very similar now. You're mm -hmm. still missing several cards from Return to Ravnica, but even though the like the Lotus Field deck, which has a bunch of cards from Return to Ravnica, is not available on the platform, Monogreen stomped that deck anyway, so that's like yeah. not even a factor for its decline. Yeah, I mean, I think Monogreen is probably fine in Explorer, even without Oath, it, it's like weaker, but I, I don't know. I, I think that it's likely to be fine, and if you enjoy playing, I mean, you're missing a couple of the Karn targets, I think, but... Is the chain veil on the platform? Right. The chain veil is not, right? It's another another one of our favorite games. Is this card on Magic Arena? <laughs> yeah, this card is not on Magic Arena. So it is harder to combo off. And that's that's pretty significant, honestly. Yeah, it does cut off a, a portion of your easier wins. And so I think if I you're probably... just mid-ranging now, the, the Rakdos decks have gotten a lot better at doing that. Yeah, so I actually probably will not be pursuing Mono Green at all for this qualifier season. That just is like a little too many hits to the deck. Blue White Control, like you don't have Supreme Verdict, but you do have. Wait, do you have Supreme Verdict? Hold on, let me let me just check here. <laughs> Another Magic Arena. Yeah, yeah, you do have Supreme Verdict, so I, I I think you pretty much have everything that you would want in Blue White Control. If you want to be doing that, you can play Gruel. I think all of those cards are legal. So there's a bunch of decks that port over pretty clearly. Stuff like Gruel, though, is a metagame dependent deck, really. It's a deck that's constructed to beat Rakdos. So you have to just like make sure that people are playing Rakdos and stuff like that. Is I don't know all the cards off the top of my head in Mono White, but is Mono White more of a thing now? Because... I know Thalia's Lieutenant is in Shadows of Arena's Uh Thalia's Lieutenant was already on the platform. Oh, was it platform. already on? Okay, yeah, I don't play Arena, so. <laughs> so, I and I think that Humans is mostly there. I think you can play Humans if you want, yeah. I'm not as interested in Humans as much as, like, Mono White, because 
even though Mono White had such a terrible performance, I humans never seems good. <laughs> it just like doesn't do anything in my eyes. Uh, I mean mono. Uh, I mean mono white humans. I, I, oh, oh, we're talking okay. about the same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I thought you were talking about like co- the collected company humans. No. Piles. No. I'm talking yeah, about I'm, one job. Okay, I'm on all board. these lieutenants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can mostly build that deck. Yeah, I think so. I will probably be starting with Rakdos and then see what I'm losing to and and kind of figure things out from there. We did get some new cards from Shadows Over Innistrad, which is or Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered, which is a, you know, again, a combined set from the two sets in that block, and then also includes a bunch, like, 80 bonus cards from original Innistrad that don't become, like, Explore Illegal or anything, but get on the platform. I, is this, like, Snapcaster Mage or something? I, I don't know very little about the set, so... So I think Snapcaster Mage is in Historic now, a format that... I don't have any reason to care. <laughs> if they give me a reason to care about, then I'll see if I can Snapcaster Mage. But that format's like really powerful, so I don't even know if Snapcaster right. is good enough in there. Maybe if like Memory Lapse or Brainstorm are legal, we do some Snapcaster Mage stuff. But those cards are big. Gross. Banned. Yeah, if those things were still legal, <laughs> yeah, that would be disgusting. Yeah, Snapcaster Gage gets immensely more powerful the more busted your blue spells are in the format. You would just be able to play Delver at that point, I think, yeah. <laughs> We'll start with the most hilarious print. The Snarls are in the set. <laughs> they have been rarity downshifted to uncommon. So here's my question. It's twofold. Are the Port Talons cycle, is that also uncommon? Okay. Oh, oh, no, no, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I'm calling them the Snarls, but oh, it is, oh, the, it's just it the, is the allied snarls. ones. Yeah, it's oh, the original I thought, Snarls. Sorry. I thought, I thought we were all clamoring for like a Snarl reprint. No, no, no. They didn't put the. I'm just calling them snarls now because that is I, 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 because it's a. I like how ugly the word is. And yeah, they it, didn't. They didn't reprint shine shadow snarl. They just printed like port snarl and you know yes, game snarl. Exactly, and okay. they're uncommons. And in the spoiler, they do appear next to the shadows over Innistrad. Like come just comes into play tapped lands that are also uncommon. Like Highland Lake. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that is funny to me. I mean, there's no difference between those two lands, so that seems about right to me. Yes, In those fact, lands are now on the platform. Don't play them. I have a funny snarl story uh, at the SCG Invitational a year ago. Maybe it was almost two at this point. Uh, one of our friends, Will, played. All, in all runs of Epiphany deck, the blue-red deck, and instead of playing Snarls, chose to play Prismari Campus. Because <laughs> they are very similar cards in that they are both blue-red lands that always come to play tapped. But Prismari Campus could scry one. <laughs> Great, yeah. Way better. And I, I asked him how many times. He did this like half for memes, half for real. And I asked him how many times like it mattered that he couldn't play his land untapped. And he said it did not come up once, not a single time. <laughs> that he could do it. That it was, yes. yeah. The the bubble of times that you can do it is pretty small, and then the bubble of times within that that it's actually relevant that you can do it is like even smaller. Those Especially lines. in a blue red like all runs epiphany deck, you're not like trying to curve out. Yeah, yeah. The most you're asking for is like you know I'm gonna foretell a card on turn two. We're doing it. Anyways, <laughs> now that we're done talking about the snarls and the pseudo snarls, I mean, for now, yes, we do have some relevant new cards coming to explore through this set. Uh, 
I've made a list. We've bolded some of the ones that are more relevant. Pour over the page is getting a bold, but not really because we do not have thespian stage in the format. So this 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 one's a tough sell right now. Yeah, are we? I really wish they just give us Return to Ramnica remastered instead of going to Zendikar. Because mm-hmm. there's so few cards from Zendikar or Battle for Zendikar are actually relevant at any point yeah. in the format. And most of them are already just there. Like Ulamog was in an anthology. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Thought Nuts here is also in an anthology. But yeah, don't that's on the me platform. On that. No, that and, is on the platform. And like other than those Eldrazi and maybe Gideon, what else is there in the, the entire block? No, yeah, we... I would much prefer we go back to Return to Ravnica, get all the missing stuff, the pieces for these decks, or go to cons, get the Delve spells, like whatever we got to do. I mean, I think there's way more cards in Return to Ravnica. Like you, you were just talking about Dreadboar, and mm-hmm. there's also Hidden Strings is in uh, the middle set, Gatecrash. Yeah. And just like a bunch of random cards that don't seem super important, but they're just all in that block, Thespian stage. <laughs> Yeah, just important little role players that do like a thing that a deck needs. And then all the cards from cons or battle have either been already reprinted. Like um, Disdainful Stroke was a cons card mm-hmm. that was played across format. And then you just like put Gideon or the two Delve Spells and Stubborn Denial and sure. I guess Soul Flare. Just like put them in an anthology. There's like not more than 20 cards from those sets that are relevant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. I think a concerted effort, we could have relevant pioneer as a format like within a couple of months if they really just did it i just want them to put the cards so you can play phoenix like just have the phoenixes are on the platform already just print the support cards that are in cons and such right and i mean that's the thing like several of the cards that are printed in the set is like oh yeah they're coming in but they don't do the thing yet piece of the puzzle was not legal in explorer is now going to be legal in explorer but it's not a good card without the delve spells. You don't actually want to be casting this card unless dumping cards into your graveyard does something for you. So we're not going to be casting pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, we don't need to fuel our temple trespass or treasure cruise, so why bother? Yep. Along a you know, kind of tangential line to that, Bedlam Reveler is now on the platform, and that may be... It's a card that is not necessary at all in pioneer because you could just play treasure cruise instead <laughs> but in a an almost pioneer where you don't have treasure cruise you may have a place for bedlam reveler where you can like play a prowessy deck or a phoenix deck or something like that people aren't playing the hate cards for it because the delve spells aren't available so people aren't really playing it and you can do a a kind of like pseudo version of the deck so i I do think that bedlam reveler this might be its last chance to be relevant for a little bit is in delveless explorer i wonder if there is a space for phoenix deck that you know doesn't play pieces to fuel the delve spells and so just plays like cheaper cantrips and then plays Mm -hmm. like bedlam reveler and thing in the ice like that's a that's a card from shadows of Ironshot too that's coming in and just kind of take the deck in that direction yeah i I, I would be interested in exploring that or maybe a prowess version, one or the other. Blue spells, red spells, Bedlam Reveler, cheap creatures that like those spells, and uh, there may be something. I thought you were going to do a one fish, two fish when you started with blue spells, red spells. <laughs> <laughs> one drop, two drop. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
uh, we are getting Eldritch Evolution, which now in Historic and in Explorer, you can play so, like a Neoform Eldritch Evolution deck or, you know, I, it's a cool card. Eldritch Evolution is just a wonderful design for a card that I'm happy that you yeah. can play it in, in decks. So we now. have a list in our show notes and this card is bolded. The bolded ones are the important ones. Mm-hmm. I, so Eldritch Evolution got the bold and it's kind of funny because I don't think there's a clear place for it right now in Explorer, but it is a sweet card. And yeah. in Pioneer, people are doing more exploration with Neoform decks. Like the mm-hmm. thing that's going around now is a Neoform Soul Flayer attracts a deck. And now Soul Flayer is not on Arena because of it's from what, Cons of Tarkir, one of those. Yeah. It's all Delve card. <laughs> yeah, and the other Delve creature is not on there, so you can't do your Neoform Eldritch Evolution Delve creature attracts a deck. So that's disappointing limitation. Mm-hmm. We need Historic Anthology Delve cards. Yes. It's just all of the cards with Delve on it. Yeah, and it's fine. There's no fetch lands on Arena, so they're all fine. Yes. Forever. And, and Treasure Cruise will never get banned in Explorer or Pioneer. It's n- never necessary to do that. I kind of hope they do get banned, not because I like hate them or anything. It's just that I prefer cards like Thoughtscour or Faithless Looting to be printed. Mm-hmm. And those cards do not exist or can't exist in the same format as Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. Yeah. Without, you know, taking over the format. Yeah. And then those, you know, if you're playing blue, you like have to find a way to play some number of Delve spells in your deck. And then that gives you some like vulnerability to graveyard hate and then you like cut the delve spells from your deck because you don't like you know getting just randomly murdered by graveyard trespassers keeping your graveyard count too low and then you're like casting memory delusion a format where you could be casting dig through time but you're not and you just feel real bad about the whole situation memory delusion still gets caught by graveyard trespasser it's just it's just a bad situation that's less painful though you're fine with that happening i don't think i'm fine with it but not fine with it but <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to live on the side of history where i do not have to cast memory deluge unless it's backed up with like wilderness reclamation you could get me on board with that but <laughs> not legal i don't know deluge is definitely the card that has brought about the resurgence of blue white in like every single format in magic like the way that it turns your uh, card for card list into like i have an end game and that end game is this memory deluge that i drew is really impressive that card is just it it's very good no it it is very good i'm just not like a blue white control stand i guess right 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 it's been a hot minute since i've had to play blue white control i think the last time i played it was with dream trawler in standard we're, we're past that. Dream Trawler's not even good enough to beat Shieldred these days. Yeah, and even then it was a mistake to play Blue-White because Reclamation was legal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you did get Dovin's Veto. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Dovin's Veto is a messed up card to, to just make my stance on Dovin's Veto clear. That card is nutty. The Blue-White you can't interact with me cards from War of the Spark where you're just... Mm-hmm. They kind of like lessened the experience of playing those kind of games 
where it's just like, and oh, I've got Dovin's veto. You, you can't do it. You don't have to it. hold your breath at all. Like this Dovin's veto is never getting mystical disputed or anything. It's just working. I've got a Teferi in play. The whole game resol- revolves around it now. If you're like in the control of beer, that's just like the game, the entire game. Yeah. And in that format, you didn't even have prismatic ending or leyline binding or whatever to just like press a button and delete a Teferi. Yeah. You had to just fight. Oof. Yeah. Awful. Speaking of blue-white cards, Segway. Yeah. Can we talk segue. about Spellqueller and the various spirit cards? Because those are all, you know, theoretically from Shadows of Anastrad and Eldritch Moon that comprise the Mono Blue Spirit deck. Yeah. And they did make all of the spirits legal, except for like months ago, except for Spellqueller was just missing. You had everything else. You had Rattle Chains, you had the Lords, you had Mausoleum Wanderer, but you couldn't quell their spells. Yes. So now you have a spell caller. Cool. Yeah. And you can play Bant Spirits. You can play it with Collected Company. You could play, you know, a more straightforward blue-white version. It's probably pretty good, I would say. Yeah, I'm I'm not the expert on the Spirits decks matchups. I don't get to see it that often. And usually when I'm playing Pioneer, I just lose to it because I'm playing Lotus Field. Yeah. Well, whatever deck you've chosen probably loses really badly to Spirits. <laughs> yeah, but I've only played Lotus Field and Pioneer for a while. Okay. Now. <laughs> I guess I played that Grinning Ignis deck for a little bit. That was a, a, a that fun seems like dalliance. it also loses to Spirits. <laughs> yeah, terribly. But it's probably a fine deck, right? Like it is yeah. proactive and good at disrupting people. Yep. Got a solid pedigree. Like these cards do the thing that they do which is make all of your spells that cost more than three mana like completely embarrassing yes especially with is geist snare the name of the counter spell the one that's really yeah. strong yeah that card yeah. is honestly kind of makes spirits a deck because it does fall off in power mm-hmm. especially if you like fall behind but geist snare is just so efficient yeah also getting some graveyardy stuff that we haven't had before. We mentioned Vessel of Nascency and Traverse the Ulvenwald if you're trying to combine them and do that Delirium thing, which may be the route you want to go with Grease Fang. We also get the secondary kind of version of that in Grapple with the Past if you're really trying to do the graveyard thing. Emrakul, also now legal, which is probably a little bit of a bigger deal than a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I was surprised they were able to program in Emrakul without completely destroying the client. Yeah, has is there any other turn stealing card on the platform? The, the only two that I know of that steal in the game of Magic is the one from Theros block. The yeah, really worst worst yeah, fears, worst fears, and then Mindslaver. And I don't believe either of those are on Magic Arena. No, this is the first turn stealing card on Magic Arena. I think. Yeah. So shout out to i guess the developers for actually programming this card in (laughs) well you know no credit yeah we got to see how this one plays out but just instantly ends the game as soon as it's cast you know (laughs) oh my god does whoa whoa whoa! i have to show you a video okay (laughs) this is my favorite thing that i've seen in in like all week probably all week this is a recent thing i'm excited hold on i thought you were gonna have to dig through the archives no, it, it was from today, and I saw it and was like, oh, this is the greatest thing that I've seen. <laughs> Gotta make this big. It's worth it. What is this yeah, board? make it big. Watch the entire experience. Killing a pacifism. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> All right, so 
Uh, because this is an audio medium, I'll just describe what happens here. This is uh, a video that Crokey's posted from some player testing it against Sparky. He's got a citizen's crowbar attached to a citizen with a pacifism on it, sacrifices the citizen's crowbar to destroy the pacifism, and then his entire board disappears. Every creature <laughs> on his goes, board... They all go into the graveyard. <laughs> they just <laughs> all go into the graveyard. I guess it's because it's targeting an aura that's no longer attached to something, and then it just doesn't know what to do, so it just kills everything. Only Maybe. on one side of the board, though. That's the weird it, part to it me. It does not wipe your opponent's board, so it's not a very exploitable bug. Um, I don't know. Crokey's is saying that crowbar is bugged. If you use the ability, you just lose your entire board, like regardless of target. I don't know if that's true. Has no one or... ever used crowbar in any situation? <laughs> I mean, maybe something broke it with like this last patch. Okay. I, it's got to be something with the uh, uh, targeting an aura that fell off. This is what my theory was, because that's a situation sure. that like, doesn't is a little weird. Often. Yeah. yeah. But the aura didn't fall off because you're sacrificing the crowbar, not the creature. Oh, you're right. That's that's the way that crowbar works. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, maybe crowbar just doesn't work and it just kills your board. That's just that's so wild. <laughs> I wonder if it so, works. From from the team that brought you sacrifice crowbar, destroy your entire board. Now comes Emrakul, the promised end. Uh, keep your fingers crossed that this thing works. Yeah, I, I'm no longer confident. <laughs> All right, so Emrakul, I mean, it exists now. I don't, does Tech even play this? I did get attacked by Emrakul this past weekend, but that was weird. Luka involved. So I think depending on how Explorer plays out, if it is less graveyard based and more midrange, like if it's midrange in a way that graveyards aren't really involved and so people aren't playing very much graveyard hate, then Emrakul could be a way that decks are going over the top of each other. It's it's kind of weird choice though, right? Because the mid-rangiest deck that's going to be popular is Rakdos, mm -hmm. which plays Graveyard Trespasser, which decreases Emrakul's effectiveness. Like, just incidentally. One thing that I did notice while playing it is that Graveyard Trespasser just felt really, really bad. So, okay. like, it's, it's possible that you end up in a world where, like, you're playing Rakdos and you're cutting your Graveyard Trespassers because they're not good against anything, and then you can surprise the format by being an Emrakul deck. But, you know, it's not the most likely thing in the world. Graveyards are good, and Graveyard Hate is generally good. Right. Yeah, I mean, Emrakul's still a good card, so if she shows up somewhere, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be super shocked. Like, Omnath decks... I was about to say Omnath decks exist, but I mean, we don't have Bring Delight, so maybe they just don't. Yeah, I mean, just some really important stuff that's missing. Like we mentioned the Delve Spells, uh, Oath of Nyssa, you know, Hidden Strings is also missing, although we were already missing Thespian Sage, so... It's kind of a combo. They're both in the same set. <laughs> yeah. Bring Delight also missing, obnoxiously enough. So we're we're waiting on some stuff. Oh, to, that's to another Zendikar card. That's the third relevant Zendikar card. Oh, there you go. Yep, yeah. yep. Should have thought of that one before Gideon. The reason I didn't is because there's yeah only the card relevant standard. I mean, yeah, Gideon much more important to standard than Bring to Light was, but and it was legal for way too long. They kept it was legal extending for like eight years. Yeah, they kept extending the time it was legal in standard, and I was so tired of it. Deep Fiend and the other Emerge creatures are now legal. I I love brewing with Deep Fiend. I love that card. So Deep Fiend is 
kind of the coolest card in this block to me because all the decks that ever play it are super sweet and yes they're fun for everyone there's like lots of interaction involved mm-hmm. and it's cool to just like find a puzzle where you can just like jam a creature into play get rid of it for deep fiend and then try to like press that advantage mm-hmm. and having vessel and traverse goes a long way to powering up deep fiend if you want to do it that way mm-hmm. and i like deep fiend i i think people will brew with it and see it i don't i don't think it'll crack like you know we're we're back on top. It's deep fiend time, baby. But yeah, I think it will show up. We're not significantly deep fiending in Pioneer, and Explorer right. is different, but not. But may, I may be different enough that you want to want to do a little deep fiending. I think every now and then, well, I know every now and then, deep fiend does show up in Pioneer. Mm-hmm. It's not remarkable. It's never that strong, but Pioneer or Explorer is just a little weak enough. And yeah. people still like playing with Deep Fiend. So I do expect to see it. I just don't expect it to be relevant. Yeah. Some lesser ads that are, you know, potentially relevant role players. Liliana, the last hope. If you really need a specific three mana planeswalker that picks <laughs> off one toughness creatures and maybe you're doing graveyard stuff. Uh, Prized Amalgam is also in, although I don't really suspect that like haunted dead shenanigans are, are going to be a thing. Yeah, I don't. We're not Narcom being this into play either. Like, no, there's no mechanism to do that. It's just not quite an impressive enough card in the absence of the dredge mechanic. Shout out to Demir in Guilds of Ravnica for trying something different, though. Like, good on them. Yeah. Self mill instead of opponent mill. <laughs> <laughs> and now we get cool, like Arata's two cards that just now get to say surveil five as their entire text box you know that's contingency nice. plans tygon yeah. scheming there's two of them cards that i hate but now do enjoy their very elegant text box they need to print well like reprint one of those probably not tygon scheming because that's got a really weird name in it <laughs> <laughs> just so you can have the surveil five version yeah we need that other than that i mean the only other card on our list that we haven't talked about is Dustwatch Recruiter, which is just a green guy. Yeah. If you're doing some sort of like infinite combo deck, it like infinite mana creature combo deck, you know, that's kind of your dude. But yeah. I don't think that there that's are like any. The so. only, that's the only. It used to be Dustwatch Recruiter was just kind of like a fine two drop, but there's so many more better ones now. Like Werewolf mm-hmm. Pack Leader just is there hanging out for you whenever you need him. Yeah. Just play that guy instead. Yeah. Maybe it's part of some Aserac combo deck or something like that, but uh, it's very niche. Reducing the mana cost of your Aserac on the backside of the Duskwatch Recruiter is the the key part here. Hard to skip a turn playing a combo deck, though. You usually do it. Well, but if you're a a collected company combo deck, then it becomes. Okay, yeah. yeah, That's that's the classic combo with Duskwatch Recruiter. I always forget about collected company because I cast the card so rarely. Yeah. Like, it's, it's never I that have it. It's always my opponent that has it. Yes. Do you forget about it when your opponent passes the turn no. with four mana up in their only creatures and collected company deck? I have literally never forgotten that my opponent can have a collected company. I just never consider the fact that I may play the card. Yeah. Well, you're since your decks generally have few to zero creatures in them. Yeah, we're not really not trying really to get value. Can... can we build... 
angels in Explorer. I'm not too familiar with all the angel cards that aren't legal, but I a bulk of them are from Kaldheim and such. Yeah, all the good angels are from like the past two standards, right? They just got yeah. jammed together. Giada and Kaldheim and Strixhaven and I know Resplendent yeah. Angels on the platform because it's from like the Return to Ravnica era. Yeah. Not Return to Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica. The Guilds of Ravnica, yeah. Too many Ravnica sets. Oof. Uh, but yeah, I believe that Angels is available, and you can certainly play like the Llanowar Elves version of that if you want, so there's no reason you couldn't do that. I don't know if the aggro decks are present enough that like Angels makes like a ton of sense, but potentially for fighting against Rakdos, the 8 Collected Company deck is like, you can just play that. My particular... My immediate plan is just to keep playing Rakdos and like try to plow through the format as much as I can. And if I start losing, figure out what I am losing to and then what that means about the format. But uh, Rakdos exists, is very strong. My first few matches, I just felt like all of my cards were better than my opponents and Thoughtseize seemed completely nuts. So, yeah, as it often does, yep. <laughs> especially in under underexplored formats. Oh, just. You know, your strategy doesn't work because your deck's not tuned take, over a thousand games. Yep, I'll take your one good card and all of these like things you're trying out are going to hang out in your hand and not do anything else for the rest of the game. Well, you die to a Blood Tithe Harvester. Good luck, have fun. Mm. <laughs> Don't grimace at Blood Tithe Harvester. You know that's the best card you got. It is really good. I The, the like tag team duo of Blood Tithe Harvester... Bonecrusher Giant, just these like removal slash creatures that hit really hard or are great when you just need to clear the stuff off their board is, I, I mean, that's the heart and soul of the deck. Yep. I, I've been really strong on Blood Tide Harvester ever since people started playing it. Yeah. Even when people were mocking Rakdos as like the all bad cards deck, like that was a thing for a very long time. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, we pushed back against that really hard and then it just started winning more and more because it's the mid-range deck with thought seizes and flexible cards and is strong. Yeah, and also they kept printing really good cards in those colors, uh, which yeah. did not hurt. No, not at all. I was also very strong on Shieldred when people were not sure how it was going to pan out. Well, Oof. you play like one game against that card from a deck that's supposed to beat the mid-range deck, and you're like, oh, well. The first time it. you play against Shieldred and you know you like take an attack, they play Shieldred, and then you're like, all right, it's my turn to come back at this. And then your opponent reminds you or it triggers. All right, take two. You're like, what? Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to to draw cards this turn in order to kill all your creatures. And it doesn't right. seem like a thing I can do, huh? Like, I just don't deserve to take that two damage. I, I need to develop my board here. and You don't get free damage. <laughs> like, that's not that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, she, she's a real one. Yeah. I mean, anything else about Explorer slash Shadows of Rannishrod? Uh I mean, I don't think so. I have to actually like get in the trenches and start playing it some more. But when this is qualifier... a format that I'm. The qualifier is. When did, yeah, when is it integrated? The calendar. I've, I have integrated the Fire Shoes calendar into my Magic calendar, so now this stuff like pops up as long as Robert Taylor continues to update his calendar because I'm not consistent at it. So Robert Taylor single-handedly uplifting Magic organized play. 
I donated 50 bucks to his Ko-Fi because I was just like, this has been too helpful to me in the podcast. <laughs> I respect that. Uh, let's see. Is that how you say that, by the way? I've always pronounced it coffee. I, yeah, but you know. I didn't want it to just sound like I was saying the word coffee. So Okay, that, that's I, fair. So let's see. Explore Metagame Challenge is March 26th. The best of one qualifier plan for Explore is April 1st. So the uh, best of three qualifier plan is April 7th. And then qualifier weekend is the 8th and the 9th. So Sunday and then the following Saturday, Sunday. Saturday the first is the okay. is a qualifier play in, and then uh, the next Friday is another qualifier play in, and then qualifier weekend is Saturday Sunday the eighth and the ninth. So you have a few a few weeks of uh, explorer play to figure yeah. stuff out before you eventually play Rockdos anyway in the qualifier. There's a really decent chance of that, but I mean, there's a particularly decent chance of that because I cannot play Bring to Light as a way of going, you know. I do love playing the Bring the Light deck, but I'm not allowed to do that, so I may just be playing Thought Seizes instead. Yeah, you also can't play Phoenix because of just the lack of powerful synergy cards, no. which yeah. I know is your usual default, right? That that is definitely a go-to. I probably if I if I do convince myself that Bedlam Reveler is good, it's very likely to not be in a Phoenix shell. It's going to be in more of a. That tempo you know prowess deal sprite dragon kind of thing or something god i love sprite dragon <laughs> i'm, if only, I'm a fan. if only it didn't auto populate the dumb godzilla art on arena so much oh yeah we uncheck that box real quick when we're building our blue red decks on on arena yeah good good sprite dragon's so cute just i i like the regular art uh one of my favorite sprite dragon name drops was when someone on twitter asked what the, your favorite fairy was and i was real quick to to say sprite dragon <laughs> <laughs> to which i got the oh yeah that's a fairy that huh? is a fairy isn't it it has very fairy like wings mm -hmm. but and in I the mean, godzilla art it just looks like nothing and the godzilla art is just giving you a look it's yeah <laughs> i don't want my cards to look at me i need to and, be unseen by them yeah unperceived dorat perfect pet not not a winner sprite dragon absolute winner yeah yeah all right cool i, I mean I, I don't think i have anything left nah i'll play some games i'll report back like it or not you're hearing about explore a little more hopefully we have people who are playing in these qualifier weekends still and this will be useful to them yeah i hope so i may play another rcq this weekend with lotus field if i can find people to go with again the worst part about rcqs in america is your friends just can't play them after they you know play too many or win one or what have you yeah and a bunch of our friends are now qualified so the... and i'm like straight up unwilling to go alone so yeah. i may if alan's got nothing going on he may just come to hang out because <laughs> alan's a real one yeah a real degenerate I, i'm just gonna leave it at a real one that's that's all i'm gonna say oh, i'm pledging to be nicer for, oh i'm i'm not saying that in a judgmental way <laughs> at all did we tell i don't know if we told the story on the podcast but alan top aided the scg tournament the other weekend 
on basically zero sleep, went to bed at 5.30 Friday night, and then did not go to bed Saturday night, and just played Breach, didn't pick up a single loss in the Swiss, did pick up a couple of unintentional draws. Yeah. <laughs> But just absolutely like monstered his way through the tournament, playing breach on zero sleep whatsoever. Yeah, one of my favorite stories that he told after the tournament is he went back and watched coverage, especially of the matches like he was in, like mm-hmm. a camera. And at one point he's just you know watching coverage, and then he sees the uh, it's rhinos versus breach, and he's like, man, this this breach player needs to really speed it up. And it was him. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, now that we've finished publicly blasting our friend. (laughs) I think it's a compliment to recognize how good. And and he's put in so much work on that deck. And just it's become, you know, the fact that he's able to play it so well when probably can't really like do the the conscious decision-making process that you would ideally engage in. So it's impressive for sure. Definitely. (laughs) All right. Yeah. That's it for us this week. Don't really have anything else in particular. I'm making some videos. Hopefully they're out soon. Uh, I don't know how soon they'll be out. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the whole concept for how to edit these videos down, make them useful and stuff. But I recorded one with Connor Mullally and we'll be kind of making some more uh the 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 concept is having people kind of coach me through leagues with decks that they are good at and the you know the the stuff that that I the footage that I got is great I'm like really happy with it I'm trying to cut it down into a video that's not like a here is three matches in like an hour and a half that you have to sit through all of it in order to get through some stuff on. So keep an eye out for videos. Uh, we will be putting some out uh, I, other than that. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, no, no time pressure. Cause I would much rather you get it right and satisfied with it than just like, yeah, brush something out because I sometimes when I go to sleep and I'm having a hard time sleeping, I will put on a magic, you know, stream or whatever, mm-hmm. whoever's streaming at night and just like I'll fall asleep because I can't pay attention to the game that's dry and ongoing for that long. I will just fall asleep. (laughs) Yeah. Magic is just not a game that, that translates super well to like audience engagement. Uh, So can be tough, but some of the videos that are magic related, but not literal Mm -hmm. uncut footage of gameplay are really entertaining. Like anything commentary based or some of the like infographic videos Mm -hmm. that, for a little bit tcg players writing staff put out and yeah goldfish has done a few like those have all been pretty good yeah and um harry mtg is one that i'm taking like drawing a lot of inspiration from he is he he makes a lot of like very focused like 15-ish minute videos where he talks about a deck shows like key moments from playing with that deck um and i'm just i think trying to translate that into a more dedicated spiky space where it's like oh these are super interesting moments and lines and a good player who knows the deck is is talking me through it yeah you picked a weird deck to start on because lotus field is certainly very complex and there's a lot you can talk about Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like a really tough one to start on because there's so much to talk about 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was part of the motivation to start with Lotus Field is just like kind of see the local maxima if we're just creating as much discussion. And so at each one of the matches that we recorded, we did use up almost our entire clock talking about the decision trees. The true Gabriel Deceive way of playing Magic Online. Yeah, it's actually really weird because like in an actual coaching session, like you, you're not worried about the clock. You lose the match to time, whatever, yeah. like that doesn't matter at all. But when you're doing a video, you do want to show people the end of the match because people are engaged and nobody really wants the game that they're watching to just not end Finish. properly. Yeah. So it is it is a weird spot to be in. Yeah, that, that's weird. Every time I've played Magic Online, the clock's been a thing. I will just tell, like, if I, I want to win, I'll just be like, stop talking. We gotta gotta get through this. It's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't really work for the. <laughs> yeah. You just can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, lots of little things to work through. But hopefully, I, I'm going to try to come up with something pretty cool out of this. So, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks. Yeah. I don't have anything special. I'm just kind of <laughs> wait for that, you know, yeah. show up, talk say some nonsense get us off track and and by mentioning it on the podcast i am forcing myself to actually work on it and get it out is is part of this process here yeah because then you'll have to listen to yourself when you edit this episode and say that you're like oh, i can't yeah. edit this out now that would, uh. <laughs> no that would be cowardly yeah all right well thanks for listening have a great week bye <laughs>